Oh, boy, here we go for the Valentine's show. Happy effing Valentine's Day, suckers. See how much money you're going to get taken for tonight. It's a weird world, man, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day for dudes is like the worst day of the entire year because you're a douche if you don't overspend and extend yourself. The entire day is relying on you. It's like, wait a minute, I thought we were a couple. We were a couple. We, we both were in this relationship, yet the day that honors the couple is 1,000% on the dude. You're the dude that's got to make the reservations. You're the dude that's got to get all the gifts. And what do you get back? Now you get a big fat bill, maybe a good dinner. If you don't get nagged out of it the entire time, the day of suckers. Shout out to my single dudes out there. It is uh, that kind of day. Right now, we're going to get into a moto talk for today's show. And we are going to talk to my BFF. His name is Cooper Webb. I keep telling him he's my BFF, and he ignores the comment every time, just like I didn't say it. It's kind of hurtful. Just going to be honest with you. I also got to tell you, I, I uh, put an Instagram post up of Coop on Saturday, like cheering him on. Then he wins. Big 49 is definitely the good luck charm of all Supercross this season. Big 49 is down with you or talks to you or you give us the time of day. Bam, you win. Levi Kitchen looking right at him. Talk to him. Night, day before his race, just had a nice conversation with with young Levi. Bam, kid wins. It happens. We had a conversation with Chase Sexton before the season started. What's weird, though, the guy that hasn't talked to us and he's still fire is Eli Tomac. And Eli Tomac's points, his points lead has narrowed down. Now, granted, we get him when everybody gets him at the end of the night on the press conferences, but he hasn't, like, just came over to 49 and been like, yo, what's up, 49? I'm Eli Tomac, you listen to Big 49, and his lead is slipping. And the tarot cards already said Chase Sexton's going to win it. Sure, Weech thinks I'm crazy for getting into the tarot cards. But, hey, we're going to do what we're going to do. We got our psychics on board here. And they say it's Chase. Granted, Cooper looks damn good. And he's a guy you do not want to mess with when he gets momentum. Because that guy is consistent. And that dude's a grinder like nobody on that circuit. So we'll talk to him about that as well coming up here in mere moments. Aaron Plester will be in the middle of the show today. If you missed the interview with AP yesterday. And right now, if you're listening to the Stretch Show podcast available on Google and on Amazon, well, guess what? You won't hear AP because I take it out. I don't want to run reruns in there. The only reason we run reruns on the radio show is because the radio show is like nine hours long. And, you know, in its entirety with all of the music and everything in it that we put in there. So people don't listen for nine hours i don't know if you're aware of that and on the podcast they'll listen to the whole podcast so i chop out replays so you'll hear me a lot of times on the podcast saying coming up next we're going to talk to aaron Plessinger. and then it's not it's me ranting about something that a fat man will rant about all right let's get into the other things i'm going to talk about besides moto today uh i have uh some popos in the uk saved easter they saved easter hands down Easter has been saved. It's like the Grinch that stole Christmas. Yeah, well, the Grinch that almost stole Easter. Should make this into a new cartoon special. It'd be huge. Shout out to the Popo in the UK for sealing a deal on this one. Um, I have a weird bill that's going to go down that we're going to talk about in Wyoming. Shout out to Wyoming. You got this kind of stuff on the books. I did not know. It shows the difference between California and Wyoming. Very different nightlife, I guess. 
And then we're going back to balloon talk it, ad nauseum. We're going back to balloon talk because now they're all jumping in on the UFO thing. Everyone's muddying the waters with UFOs. All of the government agency people have had to come out and, t- and comment specifically on UFOs because of the way this is being reported of a couple of the four weather balloons, Chinese spy balloons, whatever the F they are, that the government shot down. Um, a couple of them they, they described very strangely. And I can tell you they're not UFOs because we can't get close to a UFO. And if we shoot at them, nothing ever happens. They just run away and point the middle finger at us and laugh. So I, I don't think they're aliens either. But we're going to get into that. People are now having to address that because that is top of mind. And I believe the government is muddying the waters a little bit there. I also have fun stuff because you know how like we always hear it's doom and effing gloom with the state of California. We don't have any water. Everybody cut back on your water. We've got too much water. Well, it's the next thing. We didn't have enough rain. Then we got too much rain. And now, well, there's another problem from the rain that's not mudslides and such. That because it rained a lot this winter, you can expect a craptastic summer and fall here in California. It's like it's always something to scare the bejesus out of you. Is there anything nice coming out of that, out of the freaking state of California? No, it is not. So we'll get into that. Uh, I got a story about some nice little thing that Putin does to keep his keep his image clean. I got a horrifying news about a United Airlines flight that apparently happened way back in December that didn't get a lot of media attention that we're going to give it media attention because, well, it's what I do. I'm a media whore, and I, I like to scare you like the state of California does with doom and gloom. That's what I do. So all of that is coming up, plus your moto minutes, your entertainment, and everything you have come to know and love on The Stretch Show. But up next, my BFF, Cooper Webb. Red Bull KTM. And we're going to go back to damn balloon talk. Balloon. Jesus, help me. It's the big 4 9. The man urged. report! Bright and early yesterday morning, the Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, was at Disneyland right here in Anaheim. He took his wife and his kids and came to Disneyland, which is the tradition for the Super Bowl MVP, and it was kind of cool to see him keep it up, even though you know he had a gnarly-ass hangover. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, next year, Patrick Mahomes is going to need a brand-new backup. That's because the guy he's had for the last four years, Henny, has retired. He announced that they get the Super Bowl win, he gets another Super Bowl ring, and he's like, see, I'm out. I'm old as hell, and I'm riding off with a Super Bowl win. So shout-out to him. NORAD is coming up with a reason of why they're suddenly catching all these unidentified objects that are being shot down. They're saying they had to change their radar after China was spying with balloons, and they made it pick up slower objects, whereas typically they're looking for aircraft, things that are moving fast through the sky, and balloons just kind of float around up there undetected. So they changed their radar settings, and now they're finding all these things and blasting them out of the sky all over the country. Way to go, poopy pants. I blame you for this somehow. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it is the Stretch Show, and right now we are going to sit down and talk to my BFF, if he likes it or not. His name is Cooper Webb. He is your winner from the Tampa Supercross, and the first time he's got a win in a long time, and it's got to feel really, really good, Coop. Let's talk about this race tonight, though. There were some sketchy moments. You got real loose at one point, and you recovered, and you were able to just to keep the battle and stay consistent and uh, you know run chase down and get the eventual win. 
but uh, uh, talk us through some of the gnarliness that was out there. I know the sand was super gnarly, and then you had a little bit of problems there in that whoop section, too, at one point. So tell us about that. Yeah, they were tough. Like you said, I uh, had a big moment. Uh, you know, I had to change yeah. my line. I was doing the line that Chase did, and it had a yeah. really big V, and it would just kick you left to right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how I saved it, but <laughs> I did. And then nice. um, just, yeah, I was kind of just tunnel vision. You know, I was just me and Chase were going back and forth. You know, maybe one lap I'd be a bit better, and he'd be a bit better. And uh, it was it was tough to judge with the lappers tonight in that yeah. sand section. Um, you know, one time he'd get clu- through clean, and then the next, you know, vice versa. So, but it was a hard-fought race for sure. Obviously, the mistake um, helped me, yeah. but, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely going to be a, yeah. a, a really fun last five laps. Um, but I'm just stoked. It's been a long time, and uh, like you said, the day didn't go exceptionally well, especially the heat race was pretty dang bad, so just feels great not only to pull myself out of that, but also just uh, to establish myself at the front again is, is truly amazing. Yeah, and let's talk about uh, the win. You were right there. You're riding in second. Looked like that's how it was going to go. Then you actually had a big mistake there in the whoops, and it cost you. At that point, it looked like Chase was gone. Did you, at that point, say to yourself, like, oh, man, like it's like that was it? Did you think that it was done for you to get the win, or were you uh, adamant you could jump back on that bike and run Chase down? Like, what was going through your mind at that point with three minutes to go when you had that mistake? No, um, I, I really pushed hard. Like, I made the mistake because – yeah. I don't know. It was a, the lapper was kind of in the line I had been all day, and okay. I changed lines at the last minute, and uh, I I just knew how that V was, so I just held on, and right. so once that happened, it was more just like hey, I made that mistake because of yeah. maybe a little bit coming in a little bit slower and a different line. So I knew right. it wasn't really a big deal, yeah. and um, I could just feel like I there were certain spots where I could catch back up. Um, okay when when needed so i was able to do that and then um obviously he made the mistake but i was still still well within range for sure all right and then and let's talk about the whoops coop you're a dude that blasts people in the turns and typically in the whoops you're kind of a jumper more than a skimmer yet tonight you were blasting the whoops lap after lap after lap uh do, do you believe this is some of the best riding you've done in the whoops uh, you know in a while yeah i think so yeah. i mean um it's been good so far. Obviously, they're tough. We all get kind of sketchy, um, but we definitely put an emphasis on that in the off season, knowing okay. how important they are. So, yeah, it honestly does. It feels great to be able to to hit them. Whatever we did tonight, yeah. over 20 laps. Um, yeah, I think we're in a good spot, especially. You know, last weekends were really tough, and yeah. um, Chase was was crushing those, and then uh, to be able to run with them and, and not lose any time tonight was was encouraging yeah now let's talk about the pace because you guys were way out front in fact both of you had some mistakes there towards the end of the race and were able to recover and really lose no positions i mean uh, chase when he made his uh, mistake you caught him because it was right at the end but between the two of you you guys were way out in front of each other did you feel like that was like a blistering pace you guys were setting on the edge of insanity or did you think it was just you know another race out there on a saturday night yeah I mean, it was, I didn't feel like our pace was anything crazy. Okay. Uh, I thought it was just consistent laps. Uh, I felt yeah. felt good. You know, like I said, one lap, he'd maybe pull a little bit, and then I'd catch back up. Uh, yeah. I didn't think we were on the edge. The track was, was really tricky, yeah. uh, slippery. It'd get uh, edgy. We kept cutting down lower and lower and lower. And so, uh, I mean, the biggest thing was just getting clean, consistent laps. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I felt felt really good, well within the, the comfort zone. And, um, All right was was you know feeling really good to 
to go to the end for sure. Yeah. Now, Coop, you're one of those dudes that when you get some momentum, you tend to just keep it rolling like a giant snowball coming downhill. So you got that win. What does that feel like for your confidence moving forward for the rest of this season? And do you feel that momentum's on your side now that you've closed the championship points down to four points, sitting in third, but you're only four points out of the title? Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I think once for me, once, once I get that first one, I just uh, – yeah. You know what it feels like to win again and uh, what it takes. So I'm excited. You know, like everyone keeps saying, it's been, I think, yeah, 21 was the last yeah. time I won. So it's been, been over a year. So it's just uh, to get that confidence to know you can do it again. You know, you have the equipment, the, the fitness, the speed. Um, it's super encouraging. So uh, I'm excited, and um, hopefully we can keep the ball rolling. Uh, Cooper, last week, uh, not a great week for you. Didn't get on the podium. After the race, you, you talked about that you weren't super comfortable with the track, and it was like a super fast track. Uh, tonight, what was it? Was it the track was just more ideal for your riding? Was it something you guys worked on? Was it something on the bike? Like, what was it that made uh, tonight oh, you know, all click in for you? I mean, I, I, it's funny. I worked on all the things I struggled with at Houston. So, uh, <laughs> all right. you know, and then tonight, like, it, it started off um, kind of weird. You know, obviously with the rain, it was super slick and stuff. So you kind of had to really still carry good momentum. But it's a weird dirt, you know. Um, yeah. we, we ended up cutting down a little bit more than I think I was anticipating. But, okay. you know, we uh, we made it work, and it, it felt really nice. But, no, I mean, basically worked on the opposite this week. I, I saw how I needed to work on roll speed and just um, – carrying you know maybe some higher gears and and really riding the tops of the berms and that's yeah. really what we focused on this week but uh no. you know it, it's uh you kind of have to read the track and know know what you're gonna get and uh tonight like i said i didn't feel super super great all day but yeah. i think the sand was was maybe yeah. a lot of that you know if you didn't get that right it really showed so um the main event i felt like i got the sand really clean and then um yeah had some really good laps and good whoop passes and uh was able to ride well all right uh, here's one as you get ready for the day and you're getting ready to come out here and race obviously every day you know you want to win but you got that vibe like when did you know like this is it i'm back on the top of the box tonight like i got this and i can do this like at what point does that click with you during the day of uh, of a supercross you know an entire day before you get up on top of the podium yeah i mean i it's it's weird i feel like you kind of just wake up and you do track walk and you have a good feeling about the day at least yeah. for me and uh i did and then yeah. qualifying actually went pretty well but the heat was awful you know okay. so it's something that you kind of just sit back and you're like man you know i don't know if you can turn it around you kind of doubt yourself okay. but uh yeah i just you really have no choice i guess but to turn it around and um you know our our dartfish guru seth yelled at me and said i should just pack it up and go home and I had to prove him wrong. Nice. I love that. Proving somebody wrong. By the way, uh, do you think that was just a, a big motivation for you? Because you really needed this race tonight. I, I'm not saying it was like make it or break it, but it was kind of a turning point to where if you didn't get this overall win side or you didn't get really high up on the podium, the, the points difference was going to become something that was going to be really tough to get later on in the season. So uh, uh, how bad did you feel like you needed this race tonight? And, and you know what were you going about to get that win tonight no matter what? Yeah, I mean, I think from from uh, this week, I knew this this race was big. You yeah. know, I was starting to kind of slip back a little bit on points. So, 
I, I, I was saying all week I need to come out and, and execute a good result. And um, okay. like I said, the way the day went, it wasn't really feeling anything special. I felt okay. like I could uh, do well, but um, wasn't really clicking. And then, like I said, in the main event, I just yeah. kind of turned my brain off and uh, went to work and got a good start, which always helps, and okay. uh, rode some really solid laps and put myself in a good position. And uh, huh. yeah, like you said, from the championship standpoint, it's it's definitely a great spot to be. We're, we're in a really good spot, and I think for me, confidence is key you know and i got that first win and i got that feeling back so um i'm excited for the future uh, you know what uh, uh, part of your strategy it seems is to just pressure 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 people until they fold and in essence you did that again tonight you were all over chase you were in second place you were pushing him pushing him he knew you were there the whole time and then he made a mistake in the final moments of that race that allowed you to capitalize and to win seems like just being there and hounding people and staying on people and them knowing, ah, oh, crap, Cooper's on me, that it kind of will force them into some errors that maybe they wouldn't have made. Is that part of your strategy, or are you just that persistent dog in a race where you just are, are going to be there so when they do make the mistake, you're going to capitalize on it? I think it's tough when you're leading, you okay. know, especially tonight in the sand late. Yeah. Inside and outside were, depending on how you got them, could be really good and really bad. Okay. Um, you know, and at the end, I got a little bit closer to where yeah. the lappers played a part. You know, like you, you want to go one way, but then maybe they go that way. So uh, you could just see, like, you want the lappers to move, and, and the way you start, maybe the guy starts to ride, you can just yeah. tell it's like, hey, this guy needs to get out of the way, and they don't. So okay. it's tough, and uh, I could just tell, like, we were getting late. It, the pressure starts to rise as far as, like, getting a win. You really want to win bad. So, um, I saw the, the little bit of kicks, you know, and the whoops throughout the main, but at the end when we could honestly barely get that triple, yeah. uh, it was hard to carry that speed into the whoops, which then was, was making some mistakes. So, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm always really strong late, and tonight I was stoked with how I actually rode the beginning of the race. Uh, okay. I had some, some good intensity, and we worked on that this week. So, obviously you never know what's going to happen, but uh, it's, it's really hard when you got someone on you. Um, yeah. and you're getting late in the race and like you said you you want to change lines but yeah. you're sticking to the plan and uh it's it's tough Coop, you know it's crazy you're like an odd year dude you won the championships in uh 19 and 21 and uh, now here we are in 2023 you got your first win you're right there within striking distance of the red plate and uh, i gotta tell you man look out because coop is coming coop is coming for you guys and y you better you better look out you think you got that momentum moving forward now that you can carry this all the way through to a serious title chase yeah i sure hope so uh but now like you said i think once you get the yeah. first one at least for me for the season it, it kind of changes everything so yeah. um yeah, I mean, hopefully we can keep that ball rolling, and, and uh, yeah, big, big odd-year guy for sure. <laughs> All right, Cooper, man, best of luck to you as we continue this odd year of 2023. Can't wait to see what happens next week in Oakland with that Red Bull KTM team. You guys got two people on the box this week, and it's looking good for you guys, and you're closing the gap in the championship hunt. So it's a three-way battle right now instead of a two-way battle, and I can't wait to see that battle progress. So uh, best of luck, Coop. We'll talk to you probably again very, very soon. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. The 
Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. One of the big storylines of this year going into the Supercross season was Kenny Roxon switching over to the chicken wagons and riding for Team Suzuki because that is amazing. The last time Suzuki was good, Kenny Roxon was the pilot of that Suzuki. So it was cool to see kind of a nostalgic thing. Kickstart Kenny at the line. He's gotten on the podium, which Suzuki hasn't seen since he did it last, I think. And then you look at his championship points right now. He's in fifth place overall, just one point out of fourth place. And Kenny's making a difference on that Suzuki. This is what he had to say about the races this weekend. He says he didn't feel his greatest throughout the entire day program in Tampa. It was a long week and he couldn't get very comfortable. He says his plan was to put all the focus needed into the night program and that's what he did. After all, the team was very pleased with a fourth place finish in the main event on Saturday night and that's a solid finish and for Suzuki, that's a golden finish, man. Shout out to everybody. Can't wait to see what Kenny does as we push on this year. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show. Let's get back to high-altitude Chinese weather spy balloons. And the fun that is the U.S. government now having to talk about aliens. And it's their own damn dumb fault. They need to have a meeting with all the people that are going to talk about these balloons because I got a feeling China's not going to stop. They're going to keep sending them now. You shoot our balloon down, they're going to send balloons with no cargo hold on them at all. They're going to send balloons over with nothing on them just so we can shoot something down just to waste our time and to F with us. How much a balloon costs? I'm talking balloons with no cargo bay because two of the things they shot down did not have a cargo bay. Remember the original spy balloon that President Biden let fly all over the United States and take a tour of all of our secretive sites before he shot it down had a storage container on the bottom of it that had the size of three school buses that's large it had a lot of spy equipment in there and now they're like oh you shoot down our balloon f you america now they're just flying balloons over with nothing on them and we're shooting them down left and right is what it looks like and in the meantime as we get into uap ufo world it muddies those waters the government loves that because the government's been on the cover-up of ufos i believe since the roswell days I totally believe that. I believe they've been definitely covering this crap up that long. And they were like, it's under the interest of national security. Yeah, suck it. Suck it, you losers. Let me tell you what's going on here now. Let's get into the, oh man, I turned my music off. I got all fired up. I started to rant and I turned my music off. What happens you got fat, greasy fingers? I don't care. My blood type is bacon. That's all that matters. All right, let's talk about the, this. Uh, who am I going to get quotes from? I got quotes from high-level government people, and they've had to address aliens. And I love that some of these military guys, they're not very good at speaking. Like, I'm sorry. They're amazing military strategists, I'm sure, but they suck at getting on a microphone. It's part of being... I would be an amazing wrestler in the WWE, not because of my athletic prowess, which is none. I'm just a big tub of lard, but I could rock a mic and I would get on the mic and talk smack and I would be really, really good. Well, that's the same thing with political leaders. Barack Obama was great on the microphone. That guy was a god-awful president, but he'll rock a microphone like a mofo. Ronald Reagan, nobody rocked a microphone like Ronald Reagan. He probably gets credit for being a way better president than he really was, even though I believe he was a great president because he was so good on the microphone. Bill Clinton was all right. He did good on the microphone. The Bushes both sucked on the microphone. They were not they were not great on the microphone. 
Trump is at least entertaining as all hell. And then dumbass can't get a sentence out of his mouth. So rocking the mic is a big deal. And when you get these government guys on the microphone and they're like, well, uh, and someone, of course, from the media says, hey, tell us about the aliens that you shot down or the UFO. And they're like, oh, we can't rule out it's aliens. This is a senior U.S. general says we're not ruling out anything yet, but I can guarantee you it's not aliens, but we're not ruling anything out. Well, when you say that, you leave the door open, dumbass, and people come in and start poking around like me, thinking, what's a U? Is it a UAP? Like, what? Well, we don't know what it is, so it's a, definitely a UAP. So it's an alien. No, it's not an alien. I'm just saying I'm not ruling that out, and you've left the door open. Uh, does, I could drive a truck through that door. It's kind of like LA Radio did when I brought the Big 49 onto the scene. Let's see, we've got crap rock and roll in all of Southern California. Well, here it comes, driving through. We have zero representation. We have so-called sports radio stations in Los Angeles that you couldn't, save to save your life, get an update on a Supercross event. They would never tell you, hey, Eli Tomax got the red plate right now. They would never break it down because they only care. Let's talk about baseball. Biggest vagina sport in the world because they get paid because they're on the take, and they don't care what real fans want to hear. So here comes that truck. Wah, wah. I just drove it through. It's like a Chinese spy balloon just driving through the hole that the LA radio market left for me and my friends here at the Big 49. And that's what the dumbasses do that, that when they let generals talk on the microphone about shot down balloons, people start thinking they're effing aliens and because this guy said we're not ruling anything out when they asked him about an alien rather than closing the door on it he left it wide open and now everyone has to come in and give a comment let's start with his first comment and she made a joke out of it and it's that uh jean-pierre the uh white house press secretary this is what she had to say about the situation and one last thing before i turn it over to the admiral i just wanted to make sure we address this from the white house i know there have been questions and and concerns yeah. about this but there is no again no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity uh. with these recent takedowns again there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with uh. these recent takedowns wanted to make sure that the american people knew that all of you knew that uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Oh, there we go. Then they laugh about it. They joke about it. That is Jean-Pierre. She is the uh, uh, White House press secretary and she's making a big joke about it because everyone's now asking that. Why? Because they let a freaking general on a microphone and the general shouldn't be on the microphone. And the general's like, I'm not ruling anything out. It can be whatever. I'm not sure. So here he is. He's got everybody talking aliens, but then again, that's what I've done. I've whooped people into a frenzy. Stretch show is massive. There's like I think there's 42 people listening today. That's massive. That's massive. I got my 42 people whipped into a frenzy. Then we take to social media. Then we tell 42 people that tell 42 people that tell 42 people. Next thing you know, the stretch show's taking over the world. That's just what I'm saying. But here we go. That's the White House press secretary. She says that makes a big jokey joke out of it. So you're like, okay, well, uh, that's funny. Well, then we go to uh, the press secretary, or he's the uh, communications chief, John Kirby of the National Security Council, and he had a press secretary too, uh, or a press at the press conference too, and this is what he had to say when a reporter asked him something about, hey, this dumbass general left this open to where we don't know what these are, so check this out. Here's what he had to say. Is that uh, the top officials of the Pentagon, when asked explicitly if uh, they were ruling out 
any kind of extraterrestrial presence, said they weren't ruling anything out. And yet at the beginning of today's briefing, albeit with her usual winning smile, uh, Ms. Jean-Pierre seemed to rule out any extraterrestrial activity. I don't think the American people need to worry about aliens with respect to these craft, okay. period. I don't think there's any more that needs to be said there. On the All right, there you go. And that, that's what he had to say. And that guy right there was part of that same press conference, and he is the communications officer for the National Security Council, John Kirby. So he's like, we don't got to worry about aliens or anything. He slams the door right there. That was perfect. But so here, here's where my conspiracy blood is a-boiling. The way he slams the door on it, we don't got to worry about aliens yet. We haven't recovered it. Uh, it was reported as, one was reported as basically like a Tic Tac thing up there flying around with no cargo bay on it at all and no visible signs of propulsion. Granted, a balloon would just float up there. And another one was reported as an octagon shape just floating up there. So he slams the door on it. Someone let a general get on the microphone, and he's the guy that got him whooped into a frenzy, the media, like me. And here is what she says. Uh, Jean-Pierre comes out and makes a big joke out of it and laughs about it. But here's the point where everybody's coming back on. So the people from the Pentagon that did the first press conference, who should never do press conferences ever, 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 because they suck on a microphone. Uh... Here's the one line. I went through everything that they said, and, and I have it, uh, like a transcript of it, but I do not have the actual uh, audio, but I'll read you from the transcript. The one line, the one line that really gets you thinking from him. He says, uh, the incidents come, okay, so the, so the Pentagon has said, quote, we're calling them objects, not balloons for a reason. That's what this top guy at the Pentagon said. Quote, we're calling them objects and not balloons for a reason. So they didn't look like balloons. They shot them down. They don't know what the hell they were. Was China just effing with us now and just floating crap over our airspace to watch us shoot things down and laughing at us? I don't know. Or is this just part of the cover-up of the UFOs? that maybe they did shoot a UFO down in the meantime, even though I don't think they could technologically. Uh, if there's something here that's that highly advanced, there's not a chance in hell we can shoot it down. Granted, how did one crash at Roswell? You could fly across galaxies and through light years away, yet you crash land when you get over a thunderstorm in New Mexico? I don't know. I, d I don't, and if I knew, if no one knows. But people believe there is something out there with greater intelligence than mankind, than us or any of our hostile foreign adversaries possess. And as we believe that, and then we've had the government kibosh kibosh, and then you've had people like Bob Lazar and the awesome UFO people that have come out and talked about they were freaking working on reverse engineering what they thought were alien spacecraft. And then there's many, many, many reports of these secret government air bases where the United States has top secret aircraft that are from reverse engineered somethings and they are highly advanced. And a lot of the UFO sightings, in fact, I would say most of the UFO sightings you see are really the United States government flying around in these highly advanced craft and not something from another planet. Although, could they have been traced from something from another planet? None of us know. We do not know. And all I know is that the White House is joking about it the National Security Council closes the door on it hard at a dumbass general talking about this subject. 
left the door open and got the media whooped up in a frenzy as the world is fired up on UAP slash UFO talk at this current time in history, just like we were in the 50s before the government, nothing to see here, shuffled it under the rug and it all went away. And remember, this is the same government that just raided the house of a dude that had a website about Area 51 and he did nothing wrong and he's never been charged with a crime and they stole because they stole because he did nothing wrong. They literally went into his home and stole tens of thousands of dollars worth of gear and stuff and tried to ruin this guy and, and messed up his house too and didn't pay for it. So something's up. Something is up. And we'll find out at some point, but probably not the truth ever. So just know that everyone's lying to you across the board. And that's why I have so many different theories. I don't know. I'm trying to de- decipher who's lying and who's not lying and who's lying to help, you know, steer the narrative. It's it's crazy world. Put your tinfoil hats on, bitches. I'll guide you through it. I'm Stretch. It's the big four nine. Many people often ask why this motocross rock and roll radio station is called Big 49. And the answer is science. Because scientifically, if you have balls the size of ours, you'd have to have a 49-inch penis. Voila, the Big 49. Big 49, it is a Stretch Show. Uh, Before I go any further, I got to do a shout-out for the homies because I said I would. And Stretch, don't lie. I said I would do a couple shout-outs before the show. Uh, Coming up here about 10 days away, Big Bear Bar and Grill. Our friends violates community standards, the OC Punk Band. They're rolling up the Big Bear, and this is a big show, man. Uh, it is going to be at 6 p.m., and it's got violates community standards, but also TSOL is on the bill, old-school, legendary punk band. You've got the Ponds. You've got a bunch of punk bands. This is going to be a great gig, so if you're anywhere near getting up to Big Bear, you just want to go up there for the weekend and have some fun and rock out in the snow and freaking party with our friends violates community standards, uh, get up there and get your tickets. They got advanced tickets. You can get those, or you can buy them at the door if it's not sold out. It's not sold out yet, so uh, get up there. $25 at the door, $20 on presale. So get up there. Big Bear Bar and Grill. Awesome punk show. Bunch of local punk bands. And TSOL. Gotta dig TSOL. By the way, here's a funny TSOL story about uh, the Big 49. So... We started the Big 49, and literally it was before I had 47 listeners when I only had like two or three listeners, and one of them might have been my mom. And it's cool. She, she, she rocks. So we have this going, and we're just throwing stuff on, and we're having fun, and we were cursing like sailors, and we were just doing everything we wanted to do. The same crap I did when I got to Sirius. I just, and then they pulled me aside and said, you can't curse. Stop. I'm like, this is satellite. There's no rules. No, there's rules. And there's still rules here on the internet because we get our change yanked by advertisers that are like, we can't play you at our shop or at our motocross track because you swear too much. So what we did is we took the swearing out of the actual announcers and we leave it in the music. So we decided we would leave unaltered music and you could just rock it out and, you know, it's got F-bomb in it or whatever. Who cares? It's, it's the art and... There's no real art in being a radio DJ. That's buffoonery. But in the music, there is definite art. So we're going to leave it alone. And and it's been fine since then. We've had no complaints. So I'm in my car one day. And I'm driving. And I hear a song come on that I absolutely love. And it's Code Blue by TSOL. And it's on the Big 49. And we're just rocking out. 
Now, don't get me wrong. It is art. You can do what you want. But that's a song about uh, having sex with dead people. And it's hysterical. And I call Moto Man immediately, and I'm like, hey, Moto Man, uh, here's what's weird. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I got to be the corporate goon in this situation. We can't play that song. It's about having sex with dead people. And at this time, just know the business world of the Big 49. We've got radio stations going to terrestrial radio stations who have a smaller audience than we do. I'm not kidding. I have 42 people. They've got 10. And they're bringing them in to advertisers, and they're like, these guys are dirty, and they're this, and they'll anything to undercut us. Undercut us, try to clip us at the knees, because they, they hear the freight train coming, and it's coming down the tracks. And it's called the Big 49, and the whistle's going to blow right as it runs up your ass. So they know that. So they're cock-blocking us. And we got the moto world trying to do the same thing. Oh, those guys are dirty, and they're this, and you, it's... It's funny, but at the same time, it's not funny. So we had to clean up our act, and I seriously, I had to make the executive decision to pull that song. We got some TSOL, we still play, but uh, with swear words in it, we don't care about swear words, but there was two songs that, that I pulled as stretch morning show host, program director of Big 49. And, and, and I'd have a huge fight with Stupid Moto Man, I'd about club him in the head to get him to take him out of the system. And that was Code Blue by TSOL, which sucks because I love that song. Growing up as a kid, I rocked that song and I thought it was the greatest song ever. And I loved it. And we had to yank it. And then the other one was uh, Pepper. Uh, it was really, really, really anti-gay. And it's like, I don't care if you're anti-gay or not, or, or you are gay, whatever. I don't care, but I can't. That was like borderline. It was about beating up a dude because he's gay. And it was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to... We gotta stop that one too. So we pulled that. I pulled that and I pulled the TS. Those are the only two songs I've ever had removed from 49 because I didn't want the advertiser heat brought on to us by our enemies, which are plentiful out there in the ad world. People seriously try to make problems for us. I'm dead serious about that. They, they, they really, really do. And I've had to pull those two songs, but we love TSOL. We play some TSOL and uh, it's in there. And if you're listening to Big 49, if you've heard about its front, I know that they blast us out all the time at Violates Community Standards. Shout out to them. Uh, if you're listening because of that, you're like, these dudes aren't punk rock. We play some. There's some punk rock on the Big 49, which is more than I can say for, well, any other radio station in Southern California. We got some out there. And uh, uh, we, we sprinkle it in. We just like rock. If it's rock and it rocks, I don't care what genre it is. We play classic rock. We play very little alternative rock because that's kind of for vaginas but we play a little and we play you know modern rock classic rock punk rock heavy metal they just all genres of rock got some of the old grunge in there so it's it is what it is but that's my tsol story and shout out to them shout out to violates community standards getting on that bill and i hope they have a great show up february 24th at uh big bear bar and grill these guys are cool. They're just cool dudes, man. So I like them. Uh, let's get into, uh, you know what? I'll hold my story. I'll come back with my, my next story. Oh, let's talk about, I know, the popos that saved Easter. The effing Grinch was trying to steal Easter. He moved out of Christmas, and the popos in the UK saved Easter. Seriously. Talk about this next. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 4 9. Rock on. Big, 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 the 
Big 49. Moto. Come in, it. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, we all know about Danger Boy Deegan. He's had a lot of hype on him after getting two fourth-place finishes in his first two pro races. And here's a tweet he put up on social media. It says, I felt like I had a good weekend going until the main event. I made some mistakes, but we will get back to work and improve on what we are lacking. You win some, you lose some. Also, good job to Daxton Binnick for taking the win and to Levi Kitchen and Styles Robertson. They were ripping. Good job, guys. Now you're like, wait a minute. Those guys didn't race in the last couple weeks. Exactly. This is a tweet from two weeks ago. This is the kid after he came in sixth place in the Futures race when he crashed in the main, got all kinds of heat for not living up to the hype. They decide to make his pro debut the very next week, and he's been ripping it ever since. And when he was down, he was bigging up his competitors and the dudes on his team. This is a good kid, man. I really, really like Danger Boy Deegan. I wish him the best and hope he continues this fun ride we're watching out of him so far this season. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a Stretch Show. Right now, I got to tell you about the Grinch that almost stole Easter. But it's been stolen back, if you will, by the Popos. Shout out to the Popos. This happened over in the UK. Let's get into this. There was a warehouse and it housed 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs for Easter. And they were on the loading docks getting ready to head out because I don't know if you're aware of this. Valentine's Day is today, but the Easter candy's already been in the stores for a couple of weeks now. In fact, I saw Valentine's Day candy in the store during Christmas. And then the second Christmas was over, Valentine's push was big, but I already saw the Easter candy sitting in there as well. So that's what we're dealing with. It is uh, a commercial-driven world. We got the highest, holiest day in the universe. And here we are with 200,000 Cadbury eggs sitting in the UK, getting ready to bring a very uh, happy Easter to a whole lot of people. Well, the Grinch came in and stole them all. Stole them all. 40,000 pounds. That's about 70 grand or so, 75 grand in U.S. dollars worth of Cadbury eggs. Just swiped. Swiped. It's like, what happened to them? They got swiped, yo. You need a semi and a concerted effort to steal 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. That's a lot of eggs. They were taken from a site in Stafford Park. And the... Uh, police force found out where they went and they got him a 32 year old man uh, with no fixed address has been charged with the crime I believe he was the Grinch I believe the Grinch has branched out he's like you know what I can't make a living just stealing Christmas anymore I gotta go steal Easter too so that's what happened the Grinch came out and tried to steal Easter and he got nabbed it doesn't say if the man was green because that would be very uh, specific I hate this when I'm on security details on overnights and they'll say, hey, we got a person. Then uh, uh, they'll give the numbers a code for like a suspicious person. And they're in uh, this sector. Uh, be on the lookout. And I'll be like, you got it. And I always radio back, got a description. And they'll be like, yeah, about a male, about five feet tall. And it's just so PC that they won't say. First thing I want to know, white guy, black guy, Asian guy. Uh, uh, what is he? Latin guy, uh, Middle Eastern guy. It narrows it down. It's the most important thing in a description to me as an, as an officer. And I know that they don't want to say that on the radio because they don't want to be like they're profiling. And I'm like, let me know what this guy, what are they wearing? What do they look like? 
and what is their race? I need to know that, not because I'm racist, because I it's the description that I can narrow it down. If I drive past uh, four or five freaking uh, black dudes and I'm looking for an Asian guy, I'm looking for the Asian guy. I'm like, boom, 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 it helps me narrow it down. And, and if the guy was green, because he was the Grinch, that would have been incredibly key to apprehending the suspect in the situation. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Officer Stretch, uh, we got a uh, uh, male, uh, six foot tall, green, wearing a red and white suit, uh, who uh, has, uh, 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 is wanted for the theft of Cadbury eggs. Uh, over. And that's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. What does this guy look like? So I can get him, so I can grab him, so I can catch the bad guy. He's green. They don't say that in story. You know why? They're too woke. They're too woke. They don't want the green people being mad that they're diamond them out. Oh, why is it going to be a green guy that stole the Cadbury eggs? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just because I steal Christmas. You think I'm stealing Easter now, too? F you, Stretch. That's what the Grinch said in the comment section of today's show. Yeah. So shout out to the UK Popos for saving Easter, getting the Cadbury eggs back, and getting them uh, into the stores before Easter. That'd have been expensive. Oh, you write that off insurance? I guess you would. It was a theft. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up next, our friend AP from that Red Bull KTM team got on the podium for the first time this year, uh, Saturday in Tampa. We will talk to him. If you missed it yesterday, that's running up right now. And then after that, we're going to get into me crapping on California for scaring the bejesus out of us. We don't have enough water. We're all going to die. Oh, we got too much water. We're all going to die. All right, we got a lot of water, but we're still going to die from not having water because it wasn't enough water. Well, now there's more problems with the water we got recently from the rains, and it isn't just that it canceled the Supercross event. It's deeper than that, and I'm over it. So we'll talk about that after we talk to AP next on the 4-9. This is a shout-out to the AMA Hall of Famer, Mr. Jeff Ward, who rode that Kawasaki for years and years and got all kinds of championships on it uh he had a post yesterday that he was going in to have some stuff done to his heart said that he had the best team around him and they were getting it figured out things seemed well it was not an emergency situation but everybody here at the big 49 wants to wish the legend a speedy recovery and hopefully he's back out at the track watching some races here soon i'm stretch another moto minute brought to you by lbz is coming up one hour from now big four nine i am stretch you can get me now on the podcast version of the Stretch Show if you missed any of it. Oh, God, why would you? Such a spa, my voice. My rants of the angry fat man. I don't know why you'd miss any of the show, but if you do, go to the podcast. It's on Amazon. It's on Google Podcast. That's the easiest place to find it. iArt's got it, too. It's a little harder to find over there. Whatever. All right, but right now... I gotta go on a rant. I got the voodoo, the voodoo of California. All of the news that the government of California leaks out to just scare you, like they control you through fear. And they are the biggest fear mongers in the world. And I saw this story today and I'm like, of course you effers. Remember, they're the people that you were all gonna die if you didn't get vaccinated, you were dead. And you had to get back. I had to get vaccinated for my job, but also the fact that I got diabetes, I voluntarily got vaccinated. I know a ton of you did not. Shout out to you. I was always like, do what you want to do. You want to get it, get it. You don't, you don't. Yet then they were like putting a gun to your head saying, we're going to take your children away if you don't get vaccinated. It was crazy. That was the government. Really here in California, pushing, pushing, pushing. 
then we hear, we're all gonna die because we don't have enough water. We've been in a drought. Don't water your lawns. You're gonna have to stop bathing till every other day. Uh, there's not enough water. If you got a leaky sink, we're gonna come in and find you $7,000. We heard that. And then this year, we got piss buckets of rain. We're at like 500% of normal for the rainfall for the year. And then they went from, we don't have enough water, to, oh God, we're gonna die. We're all gonna die in mudslides and this is horrible and this is this, to, oh no, well, all that rain was great, but we still don't have enough water. You're still gonna die from the water. Do you get the fear narrative that runs through the news cycle generated by the California government? So then, now there's this latest one. And it's just uh, really, so they're like, all of, due to all of the rain, you could expect a very, very bad brush fire season this summer and fall in California because there's gonna be way more brush growth because we haven't had rain in years and now all of a sudden we got rain and because we got the rain, we got more brush because we got more brush, it's gonna dry out in the summer when we don't have any more rain and we're all gonna die in brush fires. I have an idea, release a bunch of goats to eat the brush down and shut the F up. Problem solved, bam! Also gives uh, the coyotes and the mountain lions something to eat besides our pets. Goats, that's the answer, turn them goats loose. Get some goats out there, eat the hills down. Besides the hippies running in the fields out in the uh, wild flowers. Oh, look at rain, we got wild flowers in California, do do do. Play my tambourine and beat off in a circle. Shut up, hippie, douchebag. Sure, you go out and look at them. Wow, that's nice. Like, I see it. They're already blooming. It is that time. We're still in winter, but we are getting in Southern California the bloom for spring. And there's wildflowers in the hills all around my house. And those wildflowers are going to turn brown in the summer. And then, according to the California governor, are going to burn me to death with a brush fire come, you know, August, September, October. I'm toast right before the holidays next year because of all the rain we got this year. All that rain eventually killed me is what they're gonna tell you. Stretch, it was a, uh, global warming is what killed Stretch. You know, global warming caused all that rain and all that rain uh, killed Stretch when the brush fires came. And, like, I'm not kidding, remember the story I did a couple weeks ago, it was in Australia, New Zealand, somewhere like that where the police shot a guy nine times and then they chucked his death up to COVID. Because when, when they did the autopsy, besides nine bullet holes in him, they found out he was COVID, positive for COVID-19 and they wrote the death up as a COVID-19 death. Yeah, nothing to do with the nine bullet holes in his ass that the popo popped in him. God, the media. And the media's in cahoots with these bastards. The only media that's honest here is Stretch. Calls it like he sees it. Calls it the real deal Holyfield mofos. And I'm sick of it, sick of it. They need to just calm the F down. Here's an idea. We got some extra brush. Maybe we'll continue getting rain further into the year this year. We got a weird rainfall year this year. Maybe we'll get some rain in May, June, July. Keep things a little green so it's not so dried out. Maybe we won't all die in a massive brush fire. Sparked by Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi. My God, help us. But uh, what's weird is most of this state has voted for this, so they deserve it. It's your fault. It's not my fault. I didn't vote for it. I didn't vote for none of it. But against these idiots. Oh man, help me, help me, help me. I'm getting riled up again. I'm gonna have a stroke one day right on the air. I'm just gonna blow a gasket and drop dead. And you're gonna be like, Stretch, where's this? What happened? What happened? 
middle of a segment, then Moto Man's gonna come on and be like, oh my God, my prayers were answered yesterday. Stretch died in the middle of a segment while he was roasting me. <laughs> He's just saying, now it's the Moto Man and Kyle show in the morning. F Stretch. And they're gonna take over. They're gonna try to kill me. They keep feeding me these uh, stories they know are gonna set me off and make me go into a rant. Yeah, that's what's happening. I gotta watch it. I can't trust anyone. All right, coming up next, let's talk about something going on in Wyoming. A different nightlife in Wyoming compared to what I grew up with here in Los Angeles, California. I know, and I'm from Alabama. I, I know about different nightlifes. So this one's interesting in Wyoming. I'll tell you about a new bill that's coming up that they're working on next on a big 4 9. El Gordo y la Mediana Estrecho 49 Grandes Big 4-9, it is a stretch show uh, About to go into Wyoming, but before I get there I gotta go into a rant uh, You heard me going ballistic yesterday on the show because my wife had construction workers in my house While well, I was trying to record a stretch show, very precious part of my day Something that takes place in my house seven days a week, there's something recorded for the Big 49 back here in the stretch show studios of West Los Angeles. Pacific Palisades to be exact. And that brings me to my point. I live amongst, well, the mortal enemies of America here in the Pacific Palisades. Bunch of libtard a-holes that hate stretch and everything stretch stands for. There's no dirt bikes over here. Now, bunch of electric car driving hacks. Don't get me wrong, there's two priests in my driveway, I'm a hypocrite. But they're also nosy as all F. And there's people, I see them coming, I'll just walk in the house. I'm, I'm not very social, I don't know if you're aware of that. Now if you walk up and I see you got like a KTM hat on or something, I'll be like, hey, what's up? I'll talk to you, I know you're cool. But if you roll up in my house and you're asking questions because you're a nosy effing Nelly, I will punch you in the dick and then let my German Shepherds bite you because I got no Fs to give and I got insurance. Sue me, suck it. So here, I see these guys that are working in my house that I'm about to violently attack because I'm getting so mad. And I see one of my neighbors out there just, well, what are you doing? What's going on? Like, and I was all, I, I didn't want to talk to anyone because I was in such a foul mood, but I wanted to go out there and punch this guy in the dick. I'm like, you freaking granny gossip bitch, get the F away from my house. What are we doing? They're burying a body in my basement of the last nosy neighbor that came over here asking questions. Get that F away, dickwad. And then I'll be doing my show and I'll hear voices on the microphone. I'll look out the window. There'll be a convention of dumb shit people that don't have jobs. Trust fund mofos out there walking their dogs, having a party outside my window while I'm trying to record a show. I hate these people. I had to go back to the hood where I'm from. Oh my God, let's get into my story. I'm your people, you're my people. Love you guys. The hard working American man. All right, let's go down to Wyoming. All right, calm down. I'm a, I'm a ranter this week. I'm angry and fired up. There's a bill right now in Wyoming, and they're trying to make it so that people can consume alcohol while doing things like throwing axes, darts, and roping chickens. That's an effing thing in Wyoming. That's nightlife. Let's go to the bar and rope some chickens. I kind of want to go to Wyoming. Senate File 13 would make entertainment-based businesses in Wyoming eligible for a bar and grill liquor license. 
these businesses now have to compete with other businesses and retail liquor licenses. So a liquor store or a grocery store selling liquor, you gotta have a liquor license. Restaurant, you gotta have a liquor license. And what they're saying is there's not enough liquor license. So they're trying to come up with a new liquor license in Wyoming so that places that are what they call entertainment venues can sell alcohol and they can have more of them so they can have some form of an F and nightlife. These people want to rope chickens, mofos. They want to throw their cowboy hats. They want to fight. They want to go out and throw axes. I don't know, Wyoming's a party. That's a better nightlife than Los Angeles. Sure, we got every movie star in the effing world. Half of them are those douchebag neighbors I got that I told you I hate. We got parties and clubs and bars and greatest restaurants in the world. We don't have chicken roping. I just nowhere in La... If I tried to rope a chicken in Los Angeles that wasn't an, an aphorism for my penis, I would be in jail for cruelty to animals. But in Wyoming, you can rope a chicken in a bar while you're throwing an axe. It doesn't get better than that. Shout out to you, Wyoming. I salute you. So they're trying to get this bill passed, and I hope they get it passed, because they say in order to get this new license, you've got to have 60% of your business not be from alcohol. And they think if you have a place that has entertainment, like chicken roping, tell me that's not quality entertainment, that people won't be as drunk because they'll, they'll be roping chickens and not drinking as much. When you're at a bar and the TV's on and you're just sitting there eating, drinking, 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 half a peanut, drinking, you're gonna get effed up. And they say young people today don't wanna just sit around and get obliterated. I disagree with that statement, but they say they wanna be entertained while they get obliterated. That I do agree with. And I, apparently they don't have the entertainment of looking at boobies and vagina while you're drinking. That must be a big city thing. I mean, I don't know if they have strip clubs in Wyoming. I don't know, never been there. I plan on going there now that I know they rope chickens. And that's not a penis. That's a real chicken roping thing. So there we go. I'm gonna get into that. Shout out to Wyoming. I hope your bill passes. I hope you get more entertainment places that can sell alcohol so you can get drunk up, throw an ax and rope a chicken. Play some darts. Good times. All right, I'm stretched. Gotta replay my BFF Cooper Webb coming up next. Talking about a country boy. That's Cooper. Cooper packed up out of the Carolinas, went down to Florida, got serious this year before the motocross season, and now look at the results. He's a coming. Freight train Coop is a coming for your ass. It's like the freight train 49. I would have to say, if we were modeled like Cooper Webb, I would be fine with that. There's no one with more grit and determination on that track than my friend Cooper Webb. Oh yeah, here he comes. I'm riding, oh, I got clean air. I'm Chase Sexton, I'm the fastest dude on the track and everybody knows that I'm the future of motocross. Oh crap, I hear that music playing. Oh yeah, I got the Ghost Riders in the sky. That means one thing, Cooper Webb's behind me. There's a KTM, he's rolling up on me and he's not gonna, he's not gonna rest until he gets me and then you make a mistake and then Cooper gets you. That's called grit, that's called determination. That's called dude's got freaking just laser vision on the prize. Two-time champion. It's my friend, he's coming up next. I'm stretched. It's the big four nine. Eli, you better call me before you lose that red plate. Better call me, Eli. I put Cooper on my social media Saturday and then he wins. I'm just saying, you're hanging by a thread, Eli. I can save you. you gotta get on the phone with Stretch. It's the big four nine. The Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ.
If you have not jumped on the Peacock yet and watched the replay of the Supercross race on Saturday, that 250 main event was absolutely spectacular. I know I keep talking about it here in the Moto Minutes, but they broke it down now in a frame-by-frame-by-frame comparison, and this is what happened. Hunter Lawrence takes Nate Thrasher by 0.134 seconds. That's what it was. He barely gets across the line because Thrasher was coming hard and launched up on him right at the line. In fact, if you see him cross the line, it looks like Thrasher might have won because he shot way past Hunter over the line and was clearly in the front when they landed, but Hunter broke the line first by 0.134 seconds. Get over to Peacock and check that replay out. It's something to see, man. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show, and it is time to go. I gotta get out of here for this Valentine's Day. I hope you don't get taken advantage of by too much. Hopefully you live with a sensible uh, uh, female where you can get, like, a card, maybe a uh, thing of candy. I don't know. Some heart-shaped donuts. Think of flowers from the grocery store, not from a place that's gonna cost you $900 a dozen. Apparently women uh, like flowers more when they're more expensive. You can say, I know these look like grocery store flowers, but no, 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 no. I paid $700 for them. Yeah. So there we go. That's what we got in our worlds. It ain't easy being a dude. Valentine's Day, Schmalentine's Day. Shout out to every dude that's at home tonight alone with the score of the lifetime. Not having a Valentine. Shout out to every girl at home eating ice cream, crying. Um, you dodged a bullet. It's not worth it. The dinner and the flowers and the candy is not worth what he will do to your life. Remember, I'm a dude. I know how bad dudes are. I'm a dude that has a daughter. I, I know how bad guys are. I hate boys. Come near my house. You won't get punched in the dick. You'll get your dick chopped off. I'm a, I, I'm a armed, big, giant, angry dad with a bigger son. It's not easy being my daughter. Maybe that's why she doesn't like me. Oh, well. Got to protect. Got to do. It's my job. I got one job, and that's it. Got one job. Keep that kid off the pole. Keep bad boys away. That's what I do. I'm winning. Winning right now like Charlie F. and Sheen. I'm winning. I just hope I don't go down a ball of flames like Charlie did. Shout out Tiger Blood, bitch. I'm with you. I know you got AIDS from getting rammed in the ass by a tranny, but, dude, Tiger Blood, you were winning up until that point. Allegedly, by the way, that was allegedly. The, the, the big 49's getting big enough now that I need to start saying allegedly a lot more. Yeah, there's like 47, maybe 52 people listening by the end of the week. Uh, about maybe 53, 54. He's nuts. So shout out to everybody that's listening. Shout out to everybody joining us on the podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I might break break the mold and go 250s tomorrow. Or I might bring Chase Sexton on. We'll see. It's whatever I feel like doing. You never know. It's is what it is. I'm gonna go save Easter, find the Grinch, and beat him down and get the Cadbury eggs back like the Popos in the UK. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.